0: This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska. A place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Wow, you don't know the sigh of relief when the mystery box over each week. I'm telling you, you know. Uh, but that was a great mystery box. Deborah did a wonderful job for us. So this week, uh, we have the privilege of just spending some time uh, with a couple from our church uh, who have the spirit of adventure. And uh, the spirit of adventure may mean just going outside of the walls of the church to your neighborhood, to your workplace, to your school, to your family, to the Hockey Arena. I was going to say Little League Stadium, but Hockey Arena here in Alaska. Right? Uh, with the intention of being available and living for Christ in your world. But this couple, uh, they go outside. Pretty good, huh? Outside, that means outside of Alaska. And uh, they go to Africa. And uh, Beth and Larry, will you come on up? We are excited to hear about what you're doing. Of course, last week, Julie Stingley shared, and she's leaving for Ecuador this week, so be praying for Julie. Will you do that? Come on up. This is great. This is a living sermon. This is sermon time, and this is a living message. We are so grateful that you live the spirit of adventure, and the two of you model for all of us uh, what it means uh, to get up in the morning, to put both feet on the ground and say, Jesus, here I am, I want to live for you. And it's exciting to hear about the ways that God has the two of you doing that. So for those of you that don't know, this is Larry and Beth Smith. And uh, uh, in the time we've been here, we've gotten to know them just to hear their heart for the Lord. And Larry and I have gone on a couple of hikes. And it's a good thing uh, that he's a physician because uh, they've been pretty tough. But But we've made it. We have made it. You've brought me back alive so far. All right. So I want to give you the mic. First of all, where are you going? Uh, we Well, we
1: went to Kenya last fall, and we're planning to go again in November to Kenya. Okay. And w- when? The dates? The dates that we're going will be from November 20th
0: uh, to December 6th. Okay. And... What are you going to be doing there? Now that's that's an interesting question. Well, uh, we're doing medical teams, uh, medical work there,
1: and it's uh, we're partnering with the local church, some of the local churches there, uh, from that are covenant churches, as well as some others that are, are not from uh, that are not covenant churches, um, and we're trying to um, encourage them, um, having uh, medical camps. So it's a one day uh, clinics set up in various locations. And, and just inviting people from the church and from the neighborhoods uh, to come participate in and receiving free medical care and then helping to encourage them. And when I say medical, it's, it's also dental and, uh, and there's also counseling and spiritual counseling
0: and other things as well. Now, now Larry and Beth, when we hear medical care, uh, those of us that live here, we, I think we take, uh, take for granted some of the access that we have to medical care. What are the kinds of things that you would see in a typical day there as people come to the clinic? Well, I'd say
1: that we see actually some similar things in terms of uh, chronic diseases and illnesses as well as acu- acute illnesses. So you see things, respiratory disease, uh, things like colds or and even sinus infections or pneumonia. We see things like hypertension and diabetes. I, I, I guess, you know, having having only been to Africa one time or to Kenya one time, uh, we – we think so many times, of, you know, about malaria and all kinds of tropical diseases and things like that. And I think a lot of those are, are already being dealt with before we get there. So we don't, we didn't see a lot of those types of things. But the, the needs are still very great because of the poverty level is significant. And so people, uh, have, have needs just like we have needs. It's just that they don't, they don't have the funds to be able to take care of those and address them.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this question. Let's just say, okay, that this evening after the 5 o'clock service when you will be presenting in more detail your trip. By the way, did you all hear that this evening after the 5 o'clock service? Uh, the Smiths will be here at church. They'll be sharing the details of their trip. You can learn more uh, about it and how you can get involved and support uh, this effort. But let's just say that several people from this morning, they come and they, they find out. They say, well, this is kind of a medical mission, but I'm not a physician. I'm not a medical professional. What is there for me to do on something like that? If I ever thought I might want to come along, Beth, is there something that they can do?
2: Please come tonight. We have dozens of photos. We're trying to recruit team members for this fall's team to the Nairobi area. I'm not medical. I was the bouncer, and I did a very poor job of it. Um, Kenyan culture is such that you cannot... Refuse hospitality. This meant that the pastors would not close the doors of the churches, which were our clinics, or hold anybody back. Hundreds of people came in. I could not hold the door on them by myself. And it was hard to say no. Some of them were two of the churches had Congolese refugees with torture injuries from fleeing the Congo. How do you say no? To bringing them into the clinic. I would have personally welcomed someone to help me hold the door, someone to pick up the bloody dental gauze that was being spit on the floors. You don't have to be medical, and we take team members as young as 15, and they've gone with this team for years as old as 70. So you don't have to be medical. You don't have to be any particular age. You just need the Holy Spirit calling you to do it.
0: You know, let me ask this, but why? Uh, Why do you do this? Other than the obvious, what's? I mean, there's a lot of places, a lot of things you can do, but Kenya and a medical mission. Why? I
1: thought you wanted the mic for this one, Beth. Um, Well, there are lots of different reasons as to why. Um, We really believe that this, that God led us on this trip, on this team. Um, I, I would say one of the first reasons why we went to kenya was because we were invited to go We were asked to go by some friends of ours that we met through uh, uh, The trips when we were in ecuador um, But we believe that it's that reason is because we're extending uh, christ's love and as his hands and feet And uh, certainly that can be done here and needs to be done wherever we are uh, including in our in our homes uh, or In our home community um, But uh, that's that's part of it. You want to read number?
2: Romans 10, verses 13 onward. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news.
0: Wow. Isn't that beautiful? That is fabulous and the last question like we've kind of touched on this but here everyone is like they're on the edge of their seats they're wanting to know how they can help how they can get involved what's the next step for them
1: come tonight at 630
0: now that's uh, I, I would say prayer you know
1: prayer prayerfully consider uh, uh, how you might help in, in this or in other ministries um, and and really you know the 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 introduction pastor todd gave us is is humbling because uh, you know really it's it's not that we feel like we're we're worthy of any uh, of this or even being able to travel we're very blessed to be able to do this and so i would encourage anyone who feels god moving in their hearts uh to become involved in ministry to to walk towards god and and to listen to his call whether it's this or to to any other opportunity that, that you find um for you i really think it starts with opening up your heart uh, and just being willing and if you if you're if you're open and you're willing and you're asking god to to show you where you can be involved um, you will find a place because there's there's no shortage of opportunities Mm. okay let's pray
0: we do that father i i thank you for larry and for beth Uh, for the the zeal that you have placed in their heart to share the the healing ministry of Jesus. And we ask that you would make every preparation for them. And, Father, that you would be stirring in the hearts of those who are hearing them share this morning, that perhaps there would be those who would come along. Maybe there would be those who would support in other ways. But, Father, we ask that every person they touch, every person they greet, that they would literally be an extension of you. Lord, as uh, Larry reaches out and as he um, just cares for people with medicine, Lord, may his hand be an extension of Jesus' healing hand. Father, would you bless them in every detail as they prepare to go, and we look forward to seeing uh, who will go with them and what will happen as a result. So we commit them to you and our church for this exciting adventure in Africa. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: The scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now a man named Ananias together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold... Wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events.
0: Someone suggested this passage would make a great stewardship sermon. I don't, I don't know about that. Um. You know, I love to share with you my, my Alaska experiences, and there's so many applications uh, to life from what we're learning here in Alaska. Last night, as we were looking out just to the field, there's a snow-covered field in the mountains in the background, just beyond where we live, and we were out walking our dog, and the moon started to rise above the mountains, And, I mean, it was like this full moon or almost full moon shining brightly on the snow-covered mountains. And and all around us was this beautiful, pristine, snowy feel with the fresh-fallen snow. And I'm saying, this is absolutely beautiful. I mean, this is like something out of National Geographic, it's like a Lowell Thomas travel log. Those of you who are old enough to remember Lowell Thomas, right? Oh. <clears throat> I mean, fantastic stuff. And I'm saying this is—I mean, this, this is good. This is good. And there's something pure about this, and and clean, and majestic, and and I'm just enjoying the moment. And then I got to thinking about something that kind of spoiled everything. It's what Lori and I call Alaska's dirty secret. Beneath the snow, the beauty, is all kinds of stuff it's only later revealed when the thaw comes. Now in our neighborhood where dogs run freely you know what's beneath the snow and as things thaw uh, the beauty of the fresh wind driven snow melts away and what you're left with is this stuff, dog waste, and you have to kind of step around it, and it's half frozen and, and half thawed, and it's it's like a, 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 a dog waste smoothie, okay? You know about this, don't you? And here, Lori and I, the California transplants, have our little doggy bags, and we're picking up after our dog, right? But we're watching... The rest of the neighborhood, the dogs just do their thing. And it just kind of ruins the moment, okay? This morning, as we read in Scripture, uh, we've been reading about the church and the formation of the church and, and the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's presence in the life of all the believers. And there's, there's something beautiful about this new community. And its beauty is attractive and people are, are coming to faith by the thousands. And, and, and now as we've been moving from chapter 4 to chapter 5, we've been seeing that, that there's pressure. Coming from outside in as the religious officials are, are making it illegal to, to preach and to do works in the name of Jesus and yet the community, they stick together and in prayer they ask for boldness and they ask that God's power would be displayed and that, that the purity of God's intention for His new community would be maintained by these believers. But what we're seeing here and the scripture is a lot like the thaw. Because just beneath the surface, just beneath the surface, is an issue that's revealed. What we're really dealing with here in this passage is authenticity and spiritual truthfulness versus spiritual Pretense spiritual pretense, religiosity. And as we come into our passage this morning, we are reminded of what Jesus said in Luke 12, verses 2 through 3. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner room will be proclaimed in the from the roofs in other words what's done beneath the snow will be revealed when the snow melts spring is coming now this is a passage that Jesus is referring to that really speaks about future judgment in which all things are revealed nothing is hidden from God and from his sight and he's aware of those things and and in this community we have a couple Ananias and Sapphira And ostensibly, they followed Barnabas' example in the verse just before it of going out and and selling a piece of property and coming to the apostles and offering it to them to be used for the benefit of this new community, for those who didn't have means to stay in Jerusalem and to to be taught and to learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So people were, in some examples, selling property and, and giving that. And the apostles would distribute it as people needed it. We talked about that last week. And so Barnabas is mentioned at the end of chapter 4 as an example. And he has the name Barnabas because he is an encourager. And so now we have this couple, Ananias and Sapphira. Interestingly enough, Ananias' name means God is gracious. And Sapphira is translated to beautiful. And they sell a piece of property. But they knowingly withhold a portion of the property, the the proceeds from the property. And they go and they offer it as if it was all the proceeds. In other words, the problem wasn't that they withheld the money. They were free to do that. It's their money. It was their property before they sold it. The proceeds were theirs after they sold it. They were free to choose what they were going to give and what they were going to retain. That wasn't the issue. The issue was that they had a, a pretense of having given the full amount of the proceeds from the property. Uh, the very first part of the, the passage that we're reading this morning, verses 1 through 2, really deal with the topic of deception. It says that they are aware of this, both he and his wife. There, there's deception. And then we get to verses 3 and 4, and we see Peter... Who calls him out? Who confronts him? And then you have discernment. How did Peter know? We don't know how Peter knew. Other than to say that leaders in the church need a gift of discernment. And scholars, they suggest that it was under the guidance of the Holy Spirit that that Peter was led to question Ananias. And so in verses 3 and 4, we see Peter's discernment. Then we see what follows is the discipline of God. God deals swiftly with this issue. Why? Because dishonesty, deception is damaging to a community of faith. Spiritual pretense threatens the integrity of a faith community. That's exactly what this new community is is trying to model the opposite of. Remember the Pharisees, right? Religious pretense. This new community had to be free of that. And and it's much like what we see in Joshua chapter 7. As um, Joshua led the conquest of Jericho... The people of Israel were told, do not keep any of the spoils for yourself. But there was a man named Achan. Remember him? And he buried and hid the proceeds in his tent and under his tent. And then he's found out. And and what happens? Well, the whole community suffers as a result. They lose in battle. Many die. And then God calls them to an account. And of course, Achan and his family lose their lives. The discipline of God in this instance. Why? To keep this, this new community that's moving into the promised land spiritually pure. It had to be free of deception and dishonesty and pretense. And that's what's going on here. We, we see this clash between authenticity and spiritual pretense. And it's so important that we understand the importance of being honest with God, with others, and with ourselves. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each according to their conduct, according to the deeds they deserve. And so we see a situation here where even when we are trying to do our very best to be authentic, to be honest, to be truthful, we can still deceive ourselves. And so so what do we do? Well, it's important that we in the community of faith submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Jesus says in John that, that when I leave, I will send you the advocate, the Spirit of truth. And those of us who are followers of Jesus are indwelt with His Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And that Spirit reveals to us truth from deception. And we know when we're walking that line or when we've stepped over that line because the Spirit convicts us. And so we need to tune into the Spirit of God. Secondly, we have Scripture. And Scripture is a wonderful way for us to center ourselves uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 through 13. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and hearts of the attitude. Now listen to verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. And so we have scripture. We have the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. And then we submit ourselves to godly counselors. The scripture says that wisdom comes from a multitude of counselors. A way that that we can avoid self-deception. Because our hearts can deceive us into believing we're doing the right thing when we're not. The way we avoid that is to submit ourselves to the Spirit of Truth, to submit ourselves to Scripture and to godly counsel. Wisdom comes from a multitude of counselors that we would be accountable to others in our lives who could speak into our lives that we'd give permission to speak into our lives and say, oh, wait a minute here. Um, No, this isn't quite right. Are you sure that this is what God would have you do? And if we're Submitting ourselves to the spirit of truth, to scripture, to godly counselors, it decreases the chance that that we're going to fall into self-deception. But here's a question. What are the truth extinguishers? What are the things that lead us to pretend or to pretense in a spiritual community? One is pride, spiritual pride, that we don't want to engage the truth because we're prideful people. And we're afraid, perhaps, of how we might appear in the light of truth. And so our pride keeps us maybe from admitting we're wrong or admitting that we're taking a, a wrong step down a wrong path. A pride can extinguish truth, envy. You know, I have to think in this passage that Ananias and Sapphira were prideful people, but there was our. religious pretense there. And I I have to believe that part of that was because of what they witnessed with Barnabas. They kind of envied him, and they probably envied the attention and the accolade that he got from the community. And they wanted to be like him, but they didn't want to really do what he did. They didn't want to give everything. They withheld and pretended that they had given everything. And so there is envy there. And, And envy sometimes causes us to step outside of the truth. When we try to be something we're not, or act in a way that's that's not consistent with what we project to other people. A third thing, we've touched on it, is self deception. How easily we can deceive ourselves. And a fourth is is fear. Fear. Fear if people really knew the truth about who we are. And so we come to the faith community pretending to be something we're not, because we're fearful that we wouldn't be accepted. If people really knew our heart. But you know, this needs to be a place where we can come as we are. This needs to be a place where we are a community of truth tellers. And we're free to tell the truth about ourselves because we know that we live in community under the authority of God who's given us his son, who's given us his spirit. And that spirit transforms our lives. We can come as we are and know we're going to leave differently. But we don't have to be shamed. Because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be afraid of what people think. That there needs to be authenticity and honesty. That we can admit this, this is who I am and this is where I'm coming from. And this is what God's doing in my life. Pride, envy, self-deception, fear. All those things are truth extinguishers. And so we see in, in today's passage, the reality that that we do need to submit ourselves to the Spirit of Truth, we need we do need to submit ourselves to Scripture and to godly counsel. But as we do that, and as we're we're seeking that the truth and the guidance we get from the Spirit, we know that the Scripture tells us that the the flesh and the Spirit are are constantly doing this to keep us from stepping outside of how God would have us live. Look at Galatians 5, 16 through 17. Paul writes, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what's contrary to the flesh. These are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. It's like a smoke detector going off, saying, hey, there's smoke here. Look out for the fire. And we need to pay attention to that. Now, I don't know where you are today, and I don't know uh, how you are, are projecting yourself to others. Whether you're walking and endeavoring to walk in ont- uh, authenticity and honesty, or if there's some pretense that's there and that you're aware of it. It doesn't have to be necessarily here in the church. It could be in your relationship with your family, with your spouse, with your friends, at work, wherever it is. The good news is this. That today we can set those things aside. Today we can make ourselves right with God. I love what Psalm 51, 1 through 4 says. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. And you know what this really points out and and and, and Peter points it out as well when he confronts Ananias is that all sin in our life is sin ultimately against God. Did you know that? All sin is sin against God. And so the first step is to make ourselves right with God. First John 1 John 1:9 says this, if we confess our sin to God, he's just and faithful To forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That we want to be people of truth. We want to be a community of truth tellers. We want to walk in the truth and in the light even as Christ is in the light. That's what we're called to do. And so as we talk about going on mission together, as we talk about moving out together as a community of faith, as a family on mission together, we need to examine ourselves. We need to be right before God. We need to live with spiritual authenticity rather than religious pretense. Purity in the body of Christ is an important thing. We need to be a people who seek that personally and corporately. In your bulletin, you'll see this insert that says, Save to Date, May 3rd, 2014. uh, Vitality. Uh, And it's about... Uh, a journey that we're going to be taking here at Community Covenant. A journey as a family on mission together. It's called the Church Vitality Pathway. Uh, it's uh, a guided uh, pathway that's put on by our denomination. And the director of Church Vitality is going to be coming here and leading us through this as we seek to become a healthy missional church together. And the first workshop we're going to go through as a church is called Veritas. Veritas is Latin, which means truth. And we want to be a community of truth-telling. We want to be a community that walks in the light, the community that submits themselves to the spirit of truth. And at this very first workshop, what we're going to do together is is really seek the Lord and examine our, our church in the light of truth. Every single person in the church from age twelve on up is invited to come. And we're going to be led through an exercise in which we're going to, to to honestly look at our church and say, What are the things that we want to do moving forward as a community of faith? And the Veritas workshop is the first step. And so truth in our personal lives, truth in our community, and truth as we look at our vision, our mission. And at the end of the critical pathway that we'll be going through together, and you hear more and more about this, is that we'll become a healthy missional church. And there are 10 markers that are here on the back of the insert. And that's what we're going to be working to measure, that these things would be evident in us as we are a family on mission together. So mark on your calendar the Veritas workshop. Uh, if you want to help with that, uh, there's a... a In the insert, it tells you how you can do that as well and get involved in that. But as Tyler and the worship team comes up in response to our message this morning, I pray that there would be a a spring thaw in our lives, individually and corporately. And if there is pretense in your life, if there is deception in your life, if, if there's an area of sin that you're aware of, don't leave here today with unsettled business. Go to the Lord and, and confess that and, and, and walk out knowing that that's been left behind, that you're forgiven, and that your conscience and your spirit is free to fully engage the wonderful mission that this church is embarking upon as we are a family and mission together. There are going to be people here to pray with you in the back. It could be a time of confession. It could be a time of just saying, God, I want to make myself right with you. I want to live differently. There's something I need to deal with in my life. Today's the day to do that. Amen? Amen.